the Independent Exeter City podcast. This is Grecian Talk with Ollie Heptinstall, Paul Martin and Paul Sussex. Hello and welcome to the very first Grecian Talk, the new weekly independent Exodus City podcast. I'm Ollie Hepnestall and joining me this season is uh, X-Web's Paul Sussex, otherwise known as Hans, and uh, my soccer site co-commentator Paul Martin. On this week's show we discuss Saturday's 3-0 tonking at the park, plus we look ahead to the League 2 season, the goalkeeping crisis and the lack of a tool striker, along with much more on Grecian Talk. Right, to start this week's show, of course, we're going to look back at uh, yesterday's horror show, really. Exeter nil, Morecambe 3. Um, Paul Sussex, or Hans, as I'm going to call you now from now on, uh, where did it all go wrong? Well, sounds like um, a lot of it was misunderstandings between the defence. Um, Kryzak not being confident um, when you come for the ball. You need to uh, claim it, make sure you put it in row Z or anywhere apart from um, to an opposition player. I, I didn't really understand what happened with Woodman putting that ball right across into the penalty box to um, one of their players. Seemed an odd thing to do, whether it was a miskick, kick, a deflection or what. It doesn't seem a normal thing to do, but it's a disastrous 30 minutes or 32 minutes of football to start the season with. Hugely disappointed with Tiz, saying it was a great 30 minutes we started with. I came, that came as a bit of a surprise. Um, Portisdale really doesn't do anyone any favours when he says that. Uh, yeah, it was in his, uh, I can read to you what he said uh, after the game. I thought our first half an hour was proper and solid. And I said to the players that I was more than happy with the first half. Well, not sure what game he was watching. Uh, Paul no, I, I agree. That seems a really, yeah, that seems a really strange thing to say, to be honest. Because, um, yeah, it was just a complete calamity at the back for the first half an hour. And if that's what he's going in and saying to him at half time, then that's not really encouraging any improvement from them for the second half. And having heard that, it's no wonder. Well, it seems no wonder why they played so badly in the second half as well. Really, going forward, if that's the kind of advice they're getting at half time. Uh, Hans, you were uh, talking about uh, Craig Woodman. Uh, a moment or two ago. Do you think it's uh, perhaps wise to put uh, Jordan Moore Taylor in for the Aldershot game on Tuesday night? I mean, the big disappointment seeing the team sheet on Saturday was um, why Jordan Moore Taylor wasn't playing. I'd, um, what it, uh, the, the way he played during the pre-season been excellent. Um, I would have thought Woodman would have had to fight for his place back or uh, Jordan not to play well enough for um, him to um, to lose his spot. I think I think putting Woodman back was wrong. Don't change it. Don't. Whilst we didn't win against Palace, um, the Palace uh, performance was almost good enough. Um, it was solid. Everything that you want. You know, the two divisions are above us. We should have um, kept the same team, barring injuries. Yeah, because uh, I was very impressed with Jordan Montaylor in pre-season and against Crystal Palace for someone who. Didn't play at all uh, last season as a youth player. I thought he was excellent in the uh, left-back position. Didn't uh, stand out as being weak at all. And uh, I was very impressed with him. Right, we're going to 
uh, go back to Arta Kryjak now. Uh, Paul Martin, is it time for Tiz to look at signing a replacement? Oh, I think, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. But then again, you could argue that he's, well, he's gone out and signed a keeper in the summer in Week 7. And, well, I haven't seen enough of him. He played the second half against Southampton in pre-season, but he didn't really have anything to do. I haven't seen enough of him to see whether he could step into that number one role. And, well, the only way to find out, I guess, is by putting him in there and giving him some games. Maybe if they do that before the end of August, these two away games coming up, and then see what he's like. And if he's not up to it, then, yeah, look, definitely look at signing a replacement. There's been rumours about David James training down here. Not sure what's happened with that, but again, he's getting on a bit, whether he'd be the right man or not. But Kryzak's errors are becoming just too regular, I think, to justify him staying in the team. Uh, what do you think about that, Hans? Yeah, I'd agree. I'm very interested about David James. Um, he's done some coaching. Obviously, he's a very competent uh, goalkeeper. He's made his mistakes for uh, England on a number of occasions. We... Um, we need something. Whether the problem is, we don't really know what's going on with goalkeeping. Is it is it the coach? Is it um, we just bad choice of goalkeepers, or is it perhaps even the big bank just uh, creates problems in terms of confidence for our goalkeepers? But we seem to have problems. Um, Paul Jones, I think we now decided is probably a lot better than we thought at the time. <laughs> ben Hamer was excellent, but there's no way we could afford his wages. So, but it is it is something that is clearly an issue. I mean, that's a lot of points that um, the goalkeeper, goalkeepers cost us last season. We can't afford to do that this season. It's it, you know, if we make a mistake, we get punished, and so we need to cut those mistakes out. Uh, yeah, you did mention uh, the goalkeeping coach Mel Gwinnett. Um, he seems to recommend poor goalkeepers, and his coaching doesn't really seem to make them any better. Uh, Paul, do you think uh, Tiz? should perhaps look to replace him and get a new goalkeeping coach in? Uh, yeah, I think that would be an option because you wonder what they do on the training ground because as, as far as I can remember, even going back to Paul Jones, the kicking of the goalkeepers has always been pretty poor and well, Jones is a great stop, shot stopper but um, yeah, I think a new goalkeeping coach should be uh, quite high up to this uh, list of priorities really but then again, there's only so much you can do as a goalkeeper coach, and with Kryzak, it strikes me as if it's sometimes his concentration which lets him down, and that's something that can't really be coached, and so maybe a new goalkeeper itself is more important than a new goalkeeping coach. What we did notice from the game yesterday, Paul, uh, was perhaps the lack of a target man at the club, now that Logan's gone. Uh, Hans, do you think it was a, mis- a mistake getting rid of Richard Logan? I think... Um Logan has had quite a few opportunities to get himself fit, uh, match fit as well as uh, fit. Um, he hasn't really grasped those opportunities. And I know we see him as quite a hero, particularly for his goals at Torquay in the uh, playoff semi-final and, of course, at Don Valley in the Rotherham game. But at the end of the day, we need a, a player that is there, ready uh, and whatever. It seems to... Seem to be better as an impact player. I don't think at the end of the day we will miss him because I'm hoping that we'll have um, uh, one of our own players, someone like O'Flynn, um, to do the job, or perhaps um, and, uh, a new player between between now and the end of August before the transfer deadline um, comes in. Uh, Paul, what would you uh, make of that? Because we have been discussing that at the matches that we do lack a target man. Well, yeah, I think it's just more the way that we seem to play yesterday. I mean, 
they were just lumping it long towards Curitan, and Curitan hasn't got a chance running in the air against the big, bruising League Two centre-halves, and if they're going to play like that, then yeah, they do need a target man, and Logan, he was limited in some aspects, but he was capable of challenging for the ball in the air, and so a player like him could come in handy. I mean, you look at, well, all of, all of them, I mean, they brought on Bowser, to, and he was always providing the main aerial threat for the long balls, but I mean, that tells you something when that's coming down to that other scenario. So yeah, I think if, if they're going to play long balls up to Wars the Strikers, then yeah, they do need a target man type figure, and perhaps it was a mistake letting Logan go, but I'm not sure yet. Still early to tell, really, I think. Well, yeah, we were um, discussing uh, Guillem Bowser. Um, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not really sh- sure what his contribution is to the team. Uh, I signed him last season, and he impressed, didn't he, in, in that League Cup game against Yeovil Town, but since then has really failed to deliver what we expected of him. Uh, Hans, do you think we should perhaps try and get rid of him before the transfer window ends? No, I think Bowser will uh, come good. Um, he had a few injury problems last year. Um, I think he's uh, typical of the Tisdale style, um, someone who can play, someone who's comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, I think he'd be all right, but of course, I think he should be playing in behind someone. He may, you know, it may work as a relationship with Curitan. Um, I'm not sure that it'll work as a relationship with uh, O'Flynn. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy for Bowser to start. I think there's uh, there's something that uh, will come good with Bowser. You say playing in behind the striker, though, but where does that leave uh, Alan Gow? I think I think Gow should be given a free role. Midfield, defensive midfield, attacking midfield, out on the wings, anywhere, basically. Um, keep, keep the opposition guessing, use his skills, use his position of sense, uh, and just keep moving. I mean, he's not, he's not Ryan Harley, but he's that kind of... I think we need him as that kind of player, is to be uh, all over the pitch, uh, covering every blade of grass, um, and, and being, you know, the, the, the playmaker. Well, it's been a bit doom and gloom so far on the show, uh, but we're now going to talk about Kevin Amankwa. It was a fantastic debut by him yesterday, tearing up and down that right uh, wing all game. Steve Tully has certainly got his work cut out getting back into the team pool. Yeah, he certainly has. And for the first time really in his City career, he's got some competition for that right-back slot. And if Amankwa keeps up the performance that he showed on Saturday, then yeah, I don't think Tully will be getting in there as first red right back. Because Amankwa, they invited him forward more, couldn't they? Stood off and he really made the most of the space. He was serving up that way, as he said. Uh, perhaps his final delivery needs a bit of improvement if they're going to make the most of those attacking positions that he gets himself into. But he looks strong at the back. He looks like he can fill in at centre-back as well as need be. And overall, I think he was the only positive from the game, really. Well, you were mentioning uh, final deliveries. That's where I thought... Aaron Davis impressed yesterday. Um, two really good crosses for O'Flynn and Bowser, and they probably should have done better from them. Um, uh, Hans, what do you make of him, and do you think he's going to be a big player for us? Um, well, I hope so. I mean, Aaron Davis has got a bit of pedigree, um, particularly down in the, uh, the lower level. I think maybe we're taking a little bit of time to settle in, you know, particularly uh, defence midfield that seemed to be not up to it and getting, you know, both defending and getting the ball forward. I think Davis uh, should, on paper, or come right. I mean, it's one of the things about don't panic into changing tactics too much, but have a bit of a panic to change some of the uh, tactics, if you know what I mean. There's some changes clearly needed. I would hope that Davis would have a better game on Tuesday night at Oldshaw. 
Yeah, um, Jamie Curitan we're going to talk about now. Well, he had a disappointing season last season with uh, Leighton Orient, of course. I think he just got one goal for them before uh, returning to St. James Park on loan, where he failed to score in the loan spell. Um, Paul, has he still got it, and can he still be a top League Two striker? I think with Jamie Curitan it all depends on the service that he gets, because I think despite the fact he's going on a bit and all of that, I think if you give him a chance, he's more than likely to stick it away, because he's a great finisher. Um, but what he's going to struggle with is if, like yesterday, like the cold and bold, and he was launching it forward to him, and he hasn't got a hope of winning those flick-ons. They can get the likes of Gao and Bowser involved, slipping little through balls into him. I think he's still quite quick, despite his age, and I think in a one-on-one situation or chances around the box, he's more likely to putting some away. So I think he can still score some goals in this league, definitely. Yeah. Um, Liam Serkham now we're going to talk about. Um, he's been playing on the right wing this season because of... a. Uh, Aaron Davis' introduction to the team. So, Serkin's been playing on the right wing. Uh, Hans, can he still be effective there, or is the centre of midfield where he should be playing? I think he has to uh, adapt to, to work on the right wing. I think we've got a number of um, capable midfielders, or potentially capable midfielders, and it's got to be adaptable. He had a really good end of last season, and I think in many ways we probably ought to be playing him where he played those last six or seven games uh, to get the best. He linked up very well with Gao, um, and it'd be nice to see that perhaps coming back um, in uh, League Two this season. Uh, Daniel Nardiello, he scored for Rotherham yesterday, a penalty against Burton. Uh, Paul, do you think we underestimated what an important player he was for us, and uh, do you think Tiz should have perhaps done more to keep him at City? Uh, oh, I'm not sure, because... Although, yeah, he was our top scorer last year and he was a goal threat, he still, he had that big drought in the middle of the season, he didn't score for a few months, he wasn't a regular goal scorer and a few of them were penalties as well. And I think, more often than not last year, I think he let himself down on a couple of occasions, he's quite a sort of selfish, greedy player in my opinion, and um, didn't really bring others into it. Um, Yeah, he was a goal threat, but I don't think... I'm too disappointed that he's now at Rotherham and um, hopefully the other strikers can step up and fill the gap with his goals last season left. Uh, Hans, of our former players that have uh, left the club last season, Drachibald Henville, Richard Logan, David Noble, Duffy, Jones, uh, Shepard, Dunn, Nardiello and uh, Lenny Pidgeley, who do you think will be the biggest loss for City this season? I think it would be the two defenders, I think, both Troy and Duffy. Uh, were very capable, um, assured. I mean, again, Troy, capable of making some mistakes like at Leighton Orient last season and a hat-trick of mistakes leading to three goals. Duffy had his um, odd moments where uh, he'd lose the ball, pass the ball to the opposition. But I think overall they were both very good League One players for Exeter, um, but probably just too expensive to, for us to use in League Two. But I think it's those two that would be missed the most. I agree. I thought they were fantastic for us last season. Perhaps Duffy was a bit underused, I I think. Uh, uh, Paul, Pat Baldwin and Danny Coles, the centre-back pairing for City this season, are they going to be too slow? Uh, I think, uh, up against pace and strikers, then, yeah, I think they could well be found out. But what was was disappointing yesterday was that Morgan didn't even have anyone of that mould. They had Richard Brody up front. He was... Well, he was a target man, really, but he still, there was one occasion in the second half when he absolutely skinned Pat Baldwin in the penalty area. And so it was quite uh, worrying, really, because I thought 
Rangers even, I thought those two would be a pretty solid centre-back partnership, but on the paces of yesterday, again, they might well struggle against Casey Forwards. I hope that isn't the case, and Baldwin impressed me towards the back end of last season in his loan spell. I thought he was really good. So hopefully it was just a case of a bit of maybe early season lack of form or lack of fitness or something, and hopefully they'll improve as the season goes on. And Cole, of course, is just coming back from a very serious injury. Um, so hopefully they'll improve, and I think uh, they might turn out to be a solid centre-half pairing at this level in the end. So I think they should be OK. Uh, Hans, um, after yesterday's reality check, should City perhaps look to lower their expectations this season? Where do you think they're going to finish? I would hope that we can sort this out and sort this out very quickly. Tis talked about ten games. I think he needs to um, set up the team. I would hope that um, by kickoff tomorrow night at 7:45, uh, sorry Tuesday night, 7:45, we'll have this uh, organised and sorted, and away we go. I, I think one of the problems last season, I think he wanted ten games to, to sort it out, and by then we were. Well, in the relegation zone and and struggling, and then making some very bad decisions about loan players. We don't really want that this season. You know, he, he did back to back promotions. I think back to back relegations would be an utter disaster uh, for the club. I, I, I think we're capable of at least mid table. Um, I just hope I'm not going to spend the whole season of. I think I was hoping for playoff or near the playoffs, I think I was probably expecting eighth. I'm probably going to spend the rest of the season um, revising that downwards and downwards, but hopefully I uh, don't have to put, revise it too far down. Well, I have to admit, um, doing my prediction on Friday, the league table prediction, as I do every season, I did put extra in fourth. I'm feeling a bit disappointed at uh, putting that now because I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Paul, where do you think uh, City will finish? Well, I'm, I'm still sort of cautiously optimistic about it because I think it, it depends really. That if they play like they did on the League Cup against Palace, if they can replicate that, those sort of performances throughout the season, I think that a playoff push definitely is can be on the cards. And I, I was thinking putting when I did my sort of predictions of sneaking in at sixth or seventh there, getting a last playoff spot. Then again, if these defensive flaws keep popping up as happened on Saturday, then they're going to struggle, and it might just be mid-table mediocrity. So. Hopefully they can put the put what went wrong on Saturday right as soon as possible, as Paul was saying. And, um, yeah, I'm still quite optimistic about the season, and I think they can still try and push for the playoffs, I think. Right. I think if you're going to have a disaster, having a disaster on the first game of the season is probably the best one to do it. At least it sets the stall out for what you have to do, rather than, you know, you have a couple of easy games and everything seems all right, and then suddenly you get hit, bang, you know, the... Um, transfer deadline has uh, been and gone we've got an opportunity here to put things right yeah I think uh, I, I, I think a target man is needed uh, Paul who do you who else do you think if any should uh, Tiz bring in before the end of the window uh, well that's an interesting one because really, you could argue someone might if he's going to play the two wingers he might need an orthodox right winger in there because certainly he'll try his best but it's not his natural position as we were saying earlier but also, uh, well, we we touched on the goalkeeper, I'd go along with that. And also, possibly another striker, people like Kirikin aren't going to last the full 90 minutes cause of, because of age and whatever. And if both Flynn and Bowser maybe aren't going to score the goals that are required, possibly in the market for another striker, uh, wouldn't another striker won't go amiss, I don't think. We've done... Um 
we might have the answer within our own team. Both Jamie Reid and Tom Nichols scored on uh, Saturday for their respective land clubs. So, I mean, I'd love to see uh, Tom Nichols uh, playing for us. I was really disappointed that he went off to Hereford. Uh, probably very good for him to make sure that he is getting first-team um, games, but I would really like to see him because I think he has something to offer. But he's not your typical big man. He's not He's not that tall, is he? Jamie Reid is, is, is still growing, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. He's still getting experience. I've mixed, mixed thoughts on him. Um, he, you know, some of the games I've seen him do really well, and other games he's he's just not been in it. But he does know where the goal is, and he is capable of uh, poaching a goal. But whether he's good enough to be a target person in League Two, I'm I'm not quite so convinced at the moment. No. Okay. Well, uh, next up we're going to discuss League Two, and we're going to discuss uh, Gillingham, York, Wickham, Port Vale, uh, Burton. Rotherham, Plymouth, Aldershot and Torquay but uh, first this is how you're going to get in touch with the show you can tweet the show at Grecian Talk email the show contact at grecianTalk.co.uk, or you can find us on Facebook um, Gillingham 3 Bradford won in League 2 yesterday uh, of course Martin Allen now in charge at uh, the Priestfield Stadium uh, Paul, after earning a reputation as a relegation saver, do you think Mad Dog can inspire a promotion campaign with Gillingham? Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely possible. They're going to be up there uh, contenders at the end of the season. I think he's a good manager, Martin Allen. He's striking as quite a good motivator of players, quite a good man manager. And they've got quite a good squad as well there in Gillingham. I think they came close to getting the playoffs last year. And I think they'll, they'll definitely have a good season this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, Alan's a good manager and uh, was a bit unlucky at uh, Notts County, wasn't he? Um, uh, nearly got him in the playoffs, I think. And he saved him well from re- uh, relegation before uh, being replaced by Keith Curl. Uh, as for Bradford, do you think they could perhaps be the dark horses, Paul? Uh, Hans, I beg your pardon? Um, I, I think Bradford are supposed to be like favourites for the last six or seven years that they've been in League Two <laughs> and have failed every year. I'm not convinced that this year so far is going to be any different. Big club, you know, very big uh, attendances at the Valley Parade, but um, somehow they, the money that they get in through um, the turnstiles just doesn't um, turn into players on the pitch. Uh, delivering, you know, week in, week out. I mean, you know, I think last year they even last season had a um, even played around with potential relegation to the conference, which would have been a massive disaster for Bradford City. I mean, for me, my age, I think Bradford City are back at their natural level in the uh, bottom division. It's where I remember them when I started watching Exeter City. So maybe they're not going to succeed this year either. No. Uh, okay. Uh, next up. York 1, Wickham 3 at uh, Bootham Crescent yesterday, of course, Richard Logan's new club and John Challoner's club, of course, at York City. Uh, Paul, do you think Wickham can go straight back up? Uh, I think a lot of that depends on whether they manage to keep hold of Stuart Bevan, because yeah. uh, he scored from yesterday, I think, and he scored 20-plus goals in a relegated side in League 1 last year. And if they can keep hold of him, then I think they've got to be strong contenders. And uh, sort of a, they've been a perennial sort of yo-yo club between League 1 and 2 in the last few seasons. And so you definitely can't rule them out, especially, as I said, if they keep hold of Bevan up front. OK, and as for uh, 
uh, York, uh, Hans. It's always difficult to know. I mean, you know, with our own record uh, gone straight through League Two into League One. Are York capable of doing it? Again, not a big club. Don't have an awful lot of finance being put into them. I'm not convinced. I think mid-table obscurity for York at best. Um, I hope they do well. I mean, it's a lovely place to visit. Yeah. Um, that's probably not what you should say about um, a football team. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm quite happy for them to be in League Two. It's nice to have a, a traditional League Two club back in there. Yeah, it's, um, the gap from the Blue Square Premier to the uh, League Two does seem to be quite small in comparison to uh, League Two to League One. Is that something you'd agree with, Paul? Yeah, I think that's well that's shown by uh, Exeter's experience. I think the way they just went straight through League Two a few years ago and then uh, struggled in two of the three seasons in League One. And I think because League One, you have more of the sort of bigger clubs, the ex-premiership clubs, the likes, well, the teams in there, Sheffield United, and then last year, Sheffield Wednesday, Charlton, those sort of clubs, going to make it difficult for you to go through, go straight through that league, as Exeter did in League Two. And so, yeah, I think the difference in quality is definitely more marked between League Two and League One as it is between the Blue Club Premier and League Two. Okay, uh, Port Vale 3, Barnet 0 yesterday at Vale Park. Uh, Richard Duffy starting that game for Port Vale before being substituted. Uh, Hans, uh, are Barnet doomed for the drop or can they stay up yet again? I think this might be the season that um, they fall through the trap door, which is a pity that um, they've got a new stadium coming on stream next season. Now it's at uh, Harrow. Um, that might well be good for League 2 football. But I think um, small budget, small crowds, I think um, it, it doesn't help. But having former City star Mark Robson in there uh, could change things around. Huge respect for uh, Mark Robson. remember when he first started for Exeter, he was a very capable player. Shame he got plagued by injuries. And it was always great to watch him when he played for Charlton. I wish him well for this season, but it's going to be hard work for him. Yeah, perhaps... Uh if it's going badly for them, uh, Martin Allen will get sacked from Gillingham and then save Barnet for about the third consecutive season. Uh, as for uh, Port Vale, they're in a bit of uh, money problems at the moment in administration and uh, uh, with a CVA hanging over their heads. Uh, Paul, what do you think uh, about them this season? I think they've got a chance of doing well despite the sort of financial troubles they're in. I think they've got quite a good side. They've signed Richard Duffy, I think. That's who he's gone to. And he played for them on Saturday as well. And he's, well, he, I thought he was a good League One defender, so he'll be definitely a good League Two defender. And, uh, Mickey Adams, I think, is the manager there. And yeah, he's a good manager and he's got experience of getting clubs, uh, promotion. He's managed at Portville before, he knows what he's doing. And they've got a fairly big fan base, I think, for this level. So you can't rule them out, I don't think. They could be surprise package, possibly, up and around the playoff. Yeah, I have to admit, I was really surprised when Richard Duffy, uh, sign for Port Vale because I think he's easily good enough for a League One club uh, although perhaps maybe we overestimated him a bit Hans very possibly um, I think he was desperate to get back into contention for the Welsh first team um, we were unable to deliver I think the performances for him to, to do that and I think he didn't have a great season last season with injuries uh, keeping him out for quite a few games um, he just wasn't going to get picked up by many clubs so it was probably Port Vale was it in terms of offers 
Right, uh, Rotherham 3, Burton 0 is another scoreline from yesterday. Rotherham, of course, with uh, Exeter's favourite manager, Steve Evans, in charge. Paul, do you think they're clear promotion favourites now that they've got um, Coyote Odajai and uh, Daniel Nardiello amongst David Noble, of course, at the club now? Yeah, they're definitely going to be up there, I think. Uh, they've got the goal for it, like you said, people like Nardiello and Odajai. And also, I think David Noble be a bit of a cut above me too, because I thought, going back to earlier, we said about who we're going to miss this season at Exeter. I think David Noble will be a big mess in the field, the way he holds it all together, keeps the ball in there and uh, puts them together. So he'll be good in me too. And they've brought in a whole new team almost, I think, this summer of them. It's whether they can gel quickly enough together to mount this promotion push, but the early signs are good on Saturday's basis. And they've got a new stadium as well, a new manager, and as much as we dislike him, he's got quite a decent track record at Crawley. So, uh, understandable favourites, I think, Rotherham this year. Uh, Hans, what do you make of Rotherham? Uh, very obviously uh, clear for Aphids. Um Huge dislike for Steve Evans. It was very interesting seeing him on the Football League show. Very different from when he was at Crawley. Um, huge issues with uh, Crawley Town and the BBC and uh, the Football League show. He seemed to be back to his normal self. I wonder how long it'll be before he'll get uh, sent to the uh, stands and have a, um, have, uh, a few match bans. Rotherham, clearly favourites and Despite their previous history with uh, finances, um, seem to have a fair amount of backing. The, the New York Stadium looks uh, quite good for League Two. I think they will be easy champions, um, though I think Fleetwood Town will give them a, a run for their money. Well, yeah, Rotherham was a bit of a trek, wasn't it, uh, before they'd before they'd gone to New York, but I don't think I'll be going there now. <laughs> anyway, uh, Burton... Um, they've got a new manager, they? Gary Rowett, I think, is in charge there now. Uh, struggled a bit last season with Paul Pesquisolido. Uh, Paul, do you think uh, Burton will be safe or are they in danger of relegation? I think they're going to be one of the teams that are in danger of relegation this year just because they're one of the sort of smaller teams in the league, smaller budgets. You can't bring in the players that the likes of Rotherham can. And uh, I, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about who, who they've got in their squad, but I think. They're going to be in the mix along with teams like Dagenham and Redbridge and Barnet down there battling out to avoid the uh, drop to the league this season, to be honest. OK, right then, we're going to discuss uh, Devon's clubs now. Of course, Plymouth Argyle and Torquay United both uh, with Exeter this season in League Two, and it's going to be quite exciting, particularly around December time with all those Devon derbies. I can't wait for that. Um, Hans, who do you think is going to be top dog in Devon this season? Um, who do I think and who do I want? I just hope it is Exeter City. I think it's quite painful um, being the bottom Devon club. Um, and I don't think any of the uh, supporters in Devon will want to relish that position. I think Torquay, um, despite losing a number of key players, I think will have a good season, whether it will be as good as last season. Not convinced. Argyle, um, very unclear how they're going to do that. A very poor pre-season. They uh, lost at home to Old Shot. Um, I don't think they've been able to bring in the players that they hope to, but they are the biggest of the uh, Devon clubs. And I think as they gradually sort their finances out, I think they will be able to invest in the uh, playing squad um, and might do well. Paul, what do you make of Devon's clubs and who do you think is going to be top dog? 
Uh, well, I'll stick my neck out and say that Exeter will be top dog because Torquay have lost some players, like say you know Kane, one of their better players, and just lost out on winning the League Two third year in one of their seasons, I think. So he'll be a big miss. And Plymouth still in a bit of turmoil, I think they'll be mid-table. And uh, despite Saturday, uh, if you'd asked me before Saturday, I'd have said Exeter would be the top of the trio. So I'll maintain that despite Saturday. So I shall say that yeah, Exeter, hopefully. As well as I think they will be the uh, top of the down club this year. Right then, Aldershot Town on uh, Tuesday night, of course. Hans, your thoughts ahead of that match? Really looking forward to it. It's my local game. Um, know uh, a lot of Aldershot Town supporters, so I get a lot of banter the following day. Um, we have a since they reformed after the bankruptcy, we've had uh, an incredibly poor record at the Recreation Ground losing eight in a row. Um, I've managed to see seven of those, and a few of those I've been upset about, like the uh, the Lino and the FA Trophy game. Let's hope Tuesday night we'll have uh, decent officials, um, a decent game, uh, no trouble. Um, my feeling is, is that Paul Tisdale is going to start with the same team that started Saturday. Uh, he tends to do this after a poor performance, is make that team start again, uh, uh, get them to prove that they are worthy of a uh, first choice and um, so that could make it interesting and um, surely we can't go for a ninth consecutive defeat out of the wreck so maybe things will change but at the moment uh, I'm not convinced I think this might be a, a narrow defeat we both played Crystal Palace recently as well they lost 2-0 in a pre-season friendly as to our 2-1 in the League Cup um, but Aldershot a very organised team quite capable. Look out for Jordan Roberts, who's uh, number three, uh, bombing down both wings, not at the same time, obviously. Um, and they've got a few good players. Dean Holdsworth got offered the Crawley Town job, but didn't take it. So what does that uh, make you think about what he thinks about the coming season? I think he's got quite a lot of confidence about uh, the shots this season. Well, yeah, I think he deserves a lot of respect for uh, not going to Crawley as well. Uh, eight defeats in a row then at Aldershot Town. That's just what you want, really, after a 3-0 tonking at home to Morecambe, Paul. Yeah, it's not the most inspiring of records going into the game, but records are there to be broken, I guess, and they'll have to put a run into that run at some point, and hopefully Tuesday night will be the, the night to do it. I think, yeah, I think Aldershot are a good side. They obviously had a good away win at Plymouth on Saturday, and I saw the Football League show, Leroy Rossini was talking about them as possible dark horses. Uh, it'll be a tough away fixture, but there's no doubt about that. But I think if they get organised and sort themselves out and try to put right what went wrong yesterday, then there's no reason why they can't go there and pick up at least a point, I think. Grecian talk. Uh, right, in this 4-4-2 season preview, uh, 2012, there's a bit in here from Gary Bertles at the start of the uh, League 2 segment. He says, pretty football, not big budgets, will be the key to glory. Well, he obviously wasn't uh, watching Exeter against Morecambe on Saturday hands. <laughs> it's quite interesting because I think League Two, a lot of people say um, a lot more grunt is required than uh, on-the-ball skill. But, I mean, football has changed over the last couple of seasons, but I think it still falls a, a formula of um, big guys at the back and big guys up front and uh, win your games that way and con the referee. Yeah, I think so, because uh, last he's Last time we were in League Two, of course, we had Richard Logan, Craig McAllister, and uh, I really think that we are in need of a big man. Do you agree, uh, Paul? 
Um, yeah, I think so, because, well, if Morecambe are anything to go by, then we're going to come up against a lot of physical, bruising sides this season. And you do need a man just to mix it up there, up front, and for a bit of an outlet as well, possibly, just so you know that you've got someone to aim it for if you're going to go long. And uh, none of the strikers that we currently have on the books can play that role. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. A target man would be a good signing to make before the deadline's out. Okay, well, thank you very much, uh, Paul, for your uh, company this week, along with Hans. Thank you very much for joining me on Grecian Talk. We'll be back next week, I hope, uh, with more Exercity comment, analysis, and debate. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us on Twitter, we're at Grecian Talk. Our website, www.grecientalk.co.uk. You can also find us on uh, Facebook. But that's it for this week. Uh, I'm Ollie Hepton Stool, and uh, thank you for listening. The music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. His website is incompetech.com. Also, thanks to icyhost.co.uk for their help with the show.